Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's podcast is all about my journey to become a BCBA, or a Board Certified Behavior Analyst. This podcast might not be relevant to a lot of you, but I do get a fair number of questions about what my journey looks like, so that's exactly what this is for. And I did not mean to sound like Alexis from Schitt's Creek when I said my journey, but let's just roll with it. So if you follow me on social media, you might hear me frequently talk about my supervision. I myself get a little confused about what's going on, so I'm sure from an outsider perspective, it's difficult to understand. So if you're thinking about becoming a BCBA yourself, or you're just genuinely curious about what this looks like for me, this is the episode for you. There are several pathways to becoming a BCBA. The pathway I'm following has you earn a degree from an accredited university and complete supervised field work. Once you do both of those things, you can sit for the exam. And once you pass the exam, you'll be board certified. A lot of people don't realize this, but I already completed the coursework that I needed. I earned a graduate certificate in applied behavior analysis from George Mason University in Virginia. I'm now simply working on the supervised field component that I need before I sit for the exam. So again, you need to have coursework plus fieldwork. I already have coursework. I'm just doing the fieldwork. I need to accrue 1,500 hours of supervised fieldwork before I can test. Once you start accruing the fieldwork, you have to work at least 20 hours a month, but you cannot log more than 130 hours a month. If you were to log the maximum amount of hours each month, it would take just under 12 months to complete the supervised fieldwork. When I signed on to work towards becoming a BCBA in March 2020, I completely expected to follow that timeline, and I thought I'd be testing in March or April of 2021, so here in the next month or two. Unfortunately, the pandemic hit the United States hard exactly one week after I signed on. I ended up taking three months off from my center, and then my hours were really slow to come back when I returned to work in June. It wasn't until the middle of October that I started hitting the pace I wanted to be at again. And it's a little bit more complicated than just getting 130 hours in a month. Half of your total hours have to be restricted. So that means working with clients. That's essentially what I do when I go to work. So those hours are already built into my schedule. In order to meet 130 hours a month, you need to work 65 hours a month with clients. When it's not a pandemic, that was really easy for me to get. And when the pandemic hit, it was really hard. There were some months where I was only getting 20 hours a month. So it was really hard for me to get back on track. But now with the new semester, things are rolling smoothly again. I'm working over 65 hours a month with clients. The other half of my time is unrestricted hours. So I'm trying to achieve roughly 65 unrestricted hours in a month. Unrestricted hours are not as easy to get because they're not built into my schedule. This is a time where I'm kind of like a student teacher. That's the easiest way I can explain it. My unrestricted hours can be accumulated by writing protocols, graphing data, training staff, making program materials, doing research, and things like that. It's a lot harder to find these hours for a very simple reason. You might collect data five times, but only graph the data once. You don't need to have as many of those unrestricted hours naturally as you do the direct hours, so that means I have to really work to find them. They're also not scheduled, so I have to find time to work them in, and that's where my weekly schedule comes in. So at the time I'm recording this podcast, it is January 10th. 
I'm working with clients on Monday mornings, all day on Tuesdays, and then Thursdays and Fridays for about two-thirds of the day. And that's where all of those direct or restricted hours are coming from. Between those times I go to work, I get all of my time with clients that I need. I attend a virtual ABA session on Mondays and Friday afternoons as well as Saturday mornings. This time is a little bit of a flex time. Sometimes I lead and I get feedback from a BCBA and then sometimes I observe and I'm taking data and things like that. And so when I'm doing the observing and taking data, I can count that as an unrestricted hour. I also create all of the materials I need for that virtual therapy, which helps me accrue a lot of the unrestricted hours. And then I also have time on Monday afternoons and the weekends to get all of that done. Wednesdays are not a scheduled day at the center for me, but I go anyways. And this is another major day that I'm getting unrestricted hours. There is a social skills group that occurs for two hours in the afternoon. I go in and I observe, I take data, I provide staff training, all of those types of activities. I'm also planning activities for the social skills group and modifying it, which helps give me some more of those hours. I also go in on Wednesdays and we do a research Wednesday. I have a coworker who's also working towards her BCBA. And so together we'll research different principles and figure out how to apply them to our clients. Last month, we researched about preference assessments, and then we did preference assessments on two students and compared our data. So it's a good way for us to learn the research and how to apply it to the clients that we're working with. I also go in on Wednesdays, and if I have the opportunity to, I'll try and graph data. I will make token boards and visual schedules. Uh, My BCBA will let me sit in on meetings, and I will do more research. I will train staff. Pretty much all of my Wednesday is getting unrestricted hours. So the one thing that's tough about that that I just wanted to be really upfront about is I am not paid for any of my unrestricted hours. And it makes sense. Our company doesn't have a budget to pay me for the unrestricted hours, but I need to get them. And I could go at a much slower rate if I wanted to. You can take two years to accumulate all your hours for BCBA but I really want to get as many hours as I can. So that means I'm giving up whole days where I'm not paid and I'm not able to work on TPT. I'm just there getting the unrestricted hours. So that was something that Corey and I had to look at our budget and make sure that we could afford. And I just wanted to put that out there because sometimes if you dive in head first and you're not getting compensated for working full-time, even though you basically are, it can be tricky. So just Keep that in mind as you look at your own schedule if you're wanting to follow the path at the same rate I am. And so what this all means is every month I'm trying to get the maximum of 130 hours to put on my log. So 65 hours directly with kids and 65 hours doing, we'll call it paperwork. To break that down even more, it's approximately 18 hours in both categories each week. So I'm scheduled to work 25 hours a week with kids, so which gives me a really nice buffer time. In the summer and the early fall, I was not getting that, and it was really stressful. But I worked with my supervisor, I got some evening shifts, and I've squeezed in hours elsewhere. For example, I'm recording this on a Sunday. I went to the center yesterday on a Saturday to get some extra hours. That buffer time helps if a student is out sick or a session gets canceled. I don't have to worry because I still have some padding to get 18 hours a week logged, so 25 hours a week are actually scheduled. 
I'm also trying to achieve 18 hours a week of those unrestricted activities. So again, that's coming from the Research Wednesdays and the Social Skills group with my BCBA, the virtual therapy I do, and I have to work really hard to find more hours. All of that together is maybe only seven or eight hours a week. So I have to try and find opportunities to graph data, write protocols, create token boards and reinforcement systems, uh, create uh, virtual therapy materials, and I'm actually starting staff training tomorrow, which will help me get even more hours. So it's a lot of time trying to figure out how to fit it all in. At the time I record this, I have roughly 550 hours to go until I reach 1,500 hours. If I can follow my goal of logging 130 hours each month, with 65 of them being unrestricted, then I'll be on target to finish my hours by June. The board exam is difficult to pass, and I want to give myself a buffer to take it multiple times if I need to. And to add another slight layer of stress, I need to get the sum before January 2022. The board operates on task lists. The task list encompasses everything that the BCBA needs to know how to do. We're currently on the fourth task list. The classes I took aligned to the fourth task list, and everything I'm doing now aligns to the fourth task list. In January 2022, they're going to put their fifth task list into practice. What that means is you'll need to have courses aligned to the fifth task list, and their new requirement will be accumulating 2,000 hours instead of 1,500. If I'm unable to take and pass the test before January 2022, it's not the end of the world. I might need to take a class over again. I might need to spend a couple of more hours accruing hours, and I might need to do some extra steps with my BCBA. I'm trying to remind myself that even the worst case scenario is not that bad. But if I could simply pass before the end of this year, it would take away that element and that would be ideal. Of course, the pandemic has taught me that even the best laid plans can get changed. So my vision might be really different in March or April. But right now, I'm just going to keep working towards that ultimate goal. I know this podcast was full of jargon and it probably wasn't relevant to a lot of you, but I know that I have a good number of listeners who are interested in pursuing their board certification, as as well as people who are just curious about what I'm talking about when I share my own supervision journey. So here's to hoping that everything goes as planned, and by the end of this year, I'll be able to officially say that I'm a BCBA. Thank you guys for supporting me on this journey, and I can't wait to keep you guys updated with how everything is going. Have a good one, and I'll talk to you next time.